Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasting. Welcome to Murder and Mimosas, a true crime podcast brought to you by a mother and daughter duo, bringing you murder stories with the mimosas in hand. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosa. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assault. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome to Murder Mimosas. I'm Danica. And I'm Shannon. And today we are giving you a special episode of Wicked Wednesdays. We do these every Wednesday in October, and this year we are focusing on the paranormal. Warehouse One on Kadena. Back when I was on swing some months back, I was heading to the pilf cage with another airman in my shop so we could put away the knives and stuff that needed putting away. Since the swing shift was slow and we had a lot of bulky stuff, we were just going to go put it out in the pilf cage, go to lunch, and sign it all in when we got back. As we're both walking up to the door, we hear scurrying footsteps. Behind us in the corner of the warehouse, leading to where TMO inbound usually works. We both look back and stare at nothing while we track the footsteps, continuing to the dark corner of the warehouse before finally stopping. Mind you, our warehouse has motion sensor lights, and nothing came on. You can bet your sweet butt we got our butts back at the office and didn't go back to the warehouse unless we had to. Also, earlier in the night, NCOIC and one of our NCOs Filipino and Samoan, respectively, were talking about ghost stories from back home. NCOIC also heard some weird sucking and slurping noises. Coming from somewhere in the office, but couldn't figure out where it was. A couple of those airmen heard a shriek coming from somewhere in the office, but couldn't figure out where it was. A couple of those airmen heard a shriek <coughs> in the warehouse. So we spent the rest of the week traveling in pairs in that place. My first was when I was three or four. Very old house. Might have been a shack added on to over time. One of those houses that is way too close to the road because it was built when carts ruled the road. Anyway, I've never been an easy sleeper, even at the age it would have taken me hours to fall asleep. Like they had put me in bed at 8 or 9, and I'm still up when Johnny Carson is on at 11.30. Saturdays, I'd sneak and watch SNL from the stairs. I'd recently graduated to a twin size from a toddler bed. It was higher off the ground, and for some reason, my Nimrod father insisted on setting it up long ways against the wall. So, no, I can't fall asleep, 
and my pillows keep falling off the back of the friggin' bed. So I'm laying there trying to fall asleep. I popped my head up to readjust my pillow, and there were two fully formed, like, bright white silhouettes of people leaning over the foot of the bed. It was just a moment as my head was coming down, and I popped up again to see if it was real, and they were coming even closer, like reaching for me. I simultaneously screamed, yet nothing came out. I pulled the covers up, kicked back, and fell off the back of my bed. I couldn't speak or cry, so I started banging on the floor for my parents. My father came in like, WTF? I was mute, screaming nothing, like the wind knocked out of me, probably the most terrified I've ever been. To this day, the image of these two specters is burned in my head. They ended up getting me a headboard for the bed and eventually swapped bedrooms with me. They said it was so they could have the room with more closet space, but I'm pretty sure it it was because I wouldn't even play in there and had become even more of a pain in the butt at bedtime. By the way, the bed belonged to my great-grandfather. If that was any connection at all, he probably died too. It was in the 70s and we were poor. We lived in a big old army house in the middle of beautiful woodland, miles from anywhere. It was very dark at night and very quiet with no passing traffic. The house had a double door from the dining room into the sitting room. We had a huge elderly cat, Tom, and an adopted greyhound, Dave. Tom could stand his own ground, but as Dave had high prey drive, we made sure that they weren't in the room alone until they'd got used to each other. So Tom had run of the kitchen and dining room. Tom quickly learned that if he scratched three times, against the double doors and headbutted them a few times, someone would open the doors and he could come in and taunt the greyhound. The double doors were old and heavy, but Tom was a big cat and he could shake them slightly when headbutting them. Some months later, at a very grand old age, Tom died and was buried in the garden that he so loved. I was heartbroken and became sleepless. I therefore found myself one night sitting, watching TV, Dave alongside me in the early hours of the morning. I should mention at this point that I am a very pragmatic person. I was wide awake and focused on the TV when I heard, Scratch. the double doors, exactly the way in which Tom used to tell us he wanted to enter the room. The hair stood up on the back of my neck, but figured I had misheard till it happened again. Followed by the doors moving. As if they were being pushed from the other side. This repeated several times. The doors were moving to such a degree that it looked as if they could immediately burst open. 
I never believed in being paralyzed with fear until that day in that moment. Dave, sitting beside me, stared fixedly doors. Eventually, I managed to flee upstairs with Dave at my side, and I laid in bed shaking. I woke up early, but my husband, a big, grown-up British Army officer, not given to flight of fancy, was already downstairs and obviously checking out the double doors. I shakily asked, why are you doing that? Which he replied, the blood draining from his face, oh my god, you've seen it too. This had apparently been going on at intervals ever since Tom died and we had just witnessed it again. We scoured the house, stomped up and down the stairs. See if we could make the doors move. Went through every possible explanation, but found none. We reassured each other it's just Tom, and we loved him. But after that, we left the double doors open all the time, so he never had to do it again. It was a few years ago, I was helping my friend move and pack everything into a U-Haul. We got most of everything into the U-Haul, but we had a couch, pull-out, and a dresser that was still upstairs we needed to deconstruct because it did not fit in the U-Haul. Same with the couch, so we decided to spend the night at the house. It was around 9.30 p.m. when we heard the first crash sound. A long glass-like crash and sounded like marbles growing across the floor upstairs in one of the rooms. We went upstairs and checked the room with the dresser still in it. Nothing. We checked the other rooms. Nothing. We went back downstairs. At this point, I should add that my friend had a German shepherd, and this dog was not afraid of anything. Military dog. Seen some and heard some stuff back in the day. This dog was scared out of its mind. Wide-eyed and looking all around and growling. Then we heard the second crash. Like last time, it was glass-like crash and what sounded like marbles going across the floor. We went upstairs and we checked all the rooms. Nothing. Now we went back downstairs and the dog would not move. Not an inch. He was frozen where he stood, staring and growling. We got back on the pull-out couch and now the dog was whimpering. At that point, we noticed it was cold. I mean, like really cold. And it was the middle of summer in southern Tennessee. It was like the cold was breathing down our necks. Nothing else happened that night. Needless to say, we packed everything up in a hurry and left in the morning. When I was seven or eight, my family moved into a brand new house in a D.C. suburb. New construction, brand new everything. I was terrified of those. I couldn't stand to be alone upstairs, even in the daytime. It was just like I wasn't alone. My bed would rock back and forth as if someone was standing at the foot of it. 
pushing it back and forth. My sister would hear knocking. On the bottom of her bed, I'd feel someone watching me from the top of the stairs. This continued until I moved out for college. I moved back home after dropping out of college and lived in the basement. My then-boyfriend was staying over one night, and the light in the living room came on, on its own. After we turned it off and closed the door, the door opened on its own. He refused to stay over after that. A few years later, my then-boyfriend and I were married and living eight hours away. I was very pregnant and went to D.C. to see my mom. My dad was away on a business trip, so it was just her and my younger sister in the house. I was lying on the couch and my mom was at the grocery store and I heard the creaking of someone coming downstairs. And in the reflection of the glass over the fireplace, I could see bare feet standing at the entrance of the living room. Assuming it was my sister, I told her to come give me a hug. The feet turned and walked towards the kitchen. I got up and went through the other side of the living room to greet her. There was no one there. I remembered that my sister was at work. My parents have since retired and moved away from the D.C. area, and I haven't been to that house since. I'm living in a farmhouse built in the 1800s with my kids now and don't feel as nervous and uncomfortable as I did back then. I still feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just had high EMF frequencies there or some kind of explanation for what I experienced, but I just don't know. We always recommend more bubbly and less OJ. Cheers! If you'd like to see pictures from today's episode, you can find us at murder.mimosas on Instagram. You can also find us at murder.mimosas on TikTok, Twitter. And if you have a case you would like us to do, you can send that to murder.mimosas at gmail.com. And lastly, we are on Facebook at Murder and Mimosas Podcast, where you can interact with us there. We love any type of feedback you can give us. So please rate and review us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.